Tonight, we're almost at the end of one of the longest running series we've done, and that is on Examine Your Vision. This series has been about places in the church where we as Christians miss each other on theology, where we don't quite get it. And we're coming to the end. We're coming close. We got two more topics that we're going to cover. And just to kind of remind you of where we've been, these are all the topics we've covered so far where Christians disagree and miss each other. Um, and you see them all up on the screen. Last week was a really tough week. We covered the church's response to homosexuality. I was trying not to do a talk just on homosexuality, but on how we as a church are responding to it in good ways and bad ways. Uh, and we're going to have that up on the site if you missed it, so you can kind of check in on it. We got two more topics left. Tonight, we're covering postmodernism. Next week, we're covering places where we misunderstand scripture quoted out of context or misuse it and that's kind of the way we're going to end our series you know every once in a while we do something do a topic that i feel like we should do but in all honesty i gotta tell you i don't feel like doing it and tonight is one of those topics to me postmodernism is an interesting topic to somebody but not me and here's why i think it's not so interesting to me the word postmodernism some of you might think i don't i'm not even sure i'm familiar with the word is thrown out so often by so many people, and sometimes people in the church use it as it's a bad word. Sometimes it's used as a good word. We're kind of confused about what it means. So tonight, all I want to do with this topic is kind of discuss why it's important, why you should even think about this word and what it means, and what it means to you as a Christian. Okay, We're just going to kind of touch the topic lightly. Most of us are probably not bothered by this, like we have been about some of the other topics wondering about them. So that's what we're going to do. Postmodernism. What is it? What does it mean? Well, the easiest way to define postmodernism is to describe what it's post, what it comes after. All right? And you'll see in a second why this is important. Today in our churches, you'll hear sermons from people, and I want to prepare you because maybe you haven't heard any. But over the next 20 or 30 years, if you're alive, you're going to hear more and more sermons about postmodernism. The church has taken a stand against postmodernism for the most part. Most of the church has. And then another part of the church has said, we need to kind of welcome postmodernism and adopt it and bring people into it. Okay? So you got a little bit of a split, and you're still wondering, what are they talking about? What do they split over? Here's where it comes from. Postmodernism comes after modernism. That's not really too difficult. And modernism comes after pre-modernism. All right, what are they? Pre-modernism covers like the Middle Ages. People say sometime around 500 AD, it was an exact date, nobody knows exactly when these eras begin, all the way to about the 1500s, around the time of the beginnings of the Renaissance, around the times that maybe we invented the printing press. For that whole period of time, they call that pre-modernism. You know, we think of the Middle Ages Think of the types of images you have about the Middle Ages. Kind of a feudal system, kind of a system that seemed to rotate around the church being a very dominant part of people's life, the church being the central authority. And the way that you could best describe it is that's kind of the system we had in a pre-modern time. Modernism started to arise with the Renaissance and the Enlightenment. People started to wake up and ask questions. 
The printing press is credited with starting to spread around the works of other people so they could start to learn and educate and not just learn from the person who was the closest to them, but learn from people who wrote ideas that were distant from them through the trading of books and pamphlets and writings that now could be printed and sent around. And of course, that leads to the enlightenment where we start to think that we can figure things out through reason up until about the present. Now, what's the present? Is it 1960, 1970, 80, 90, the 21st century? Nobody's quite sure. But somewhere along the line, you hear the hallmark of postmodernism. Here's what it sounds like. It sounds like something like this. It says, what's true for you may not be true for me. Okay? We talked about truth and doubt a couple weeks ago, so we're not going to tread that ground again. But it has its basis in the same kinds of ideas. Not really sure there's an objective truth that we could all agree on. In postmodernism, we just kind of think that things are relative. Relativism is another word that people use in a postmodern context. So, what does that mean? If you look at the dates, that's how it kind of stacks up. Here are some of the ways that you can describe it. Pre-modernism was kind of an age of faith. People just believed what the church told them. If the priest said that there was a God out there who created the universe and there was a devil who ran around and tried to screw things up for mankind, that if you prayed really hard, you would do certain things. If you did certain things, you might go to heaven. People just believed it. That was just what they call the age of faith. And I should put faith in quotations because maybe you don't think that's faith. But to a lot of people, it wasn't really a question. They would look at the physical world around them and if it kind of made sense what the guy was saying, they looked and they go, yeah, makes sense then they would just kind of accept it. That was the way it worked. In the modern era, we called it, it's more of the age of reason. We as human beings became more enlightened suddenly. We began to think that we could actually figure out what the truth is. Think of Galileo and his telescope thinking, wait a minute, so far in the pre-modern view, the Earth is the center of a fixed universe and everything kind of rotates around it. Copernicus and Galileo started thinking, I'm not so sure that's true. Let's look in the telescope and find out. Let's start charting things and see if it's true. People like Darwin started thinking, wait a minute, you know, we were told that everything was just created by God. It just kind of happened. Let's see how it would happen in a laboratory. Let's watch how things happen. Let's see if, if species progress over time. And we started to believe that we could figure all things out through reason and a search for truth, including our faith, that we could just examine it. One of the fundamental tenets of the Enlightenment was that eventually we'll figure everything out because now we're finally smart enough to start to investigate. We'll figure it all out in the end. So if pre-modernism is the age of quote-unquote faith, modernism is kind of an age of reason, then post-modernism has been touted as an age of love and tolerance. It's where we finally figured out that, you know what, we could spend our whole lives chasing reason and trying to figure things out and it'll never really lead us anywhere. The world is getting more diverse all the time. We're encountering more diverse people where this kind of pre-modernism and modernism was kind of a Western mentality. Post-modernism now takes into account the whole world. Age of love and tolerance, we reject those things that are about absolute or objective truth. We just we don't need to know anymore. It's almost like kind of shrugging your shoulders and saying, I don't know. I don't know. In a modernist view, you could search for God and find him if you just did enough research. A postmodernist would be like, I don't know. 
It's just enough that I love and, and dwell in front of God that I don't really need to worry so much as whether I can prove that he was there. It's okay that I believe he's there. That's all that matters. How does that play out in religion between these three different viewpoints? Pre-modernism. You kind of follow Christianity without any need for questions. They told me it's true. The priest says this is the way it is. It's just that's the way it is. That was the pre-modern view that dominated like a thousand years of Western thinking. Church says that this is the way it is. That's the way it is. And if you didn't believe it, you just kind of suppressed that, that you were somehow weak of faith or something because you were no smarter. The only people who were really educated were the priests who were reading the Bible to you. You didn't even have your own copy to check out if what they were saying was true or not. You just kind of nodded your head and you're okay. In modernism, we began to believe that like the scientist, we could establish everything through reason and fact. The whole field of apologetics, of trying to tell people about God and explaining complications that people had with different parts of the Bible, explaining and answering questions, all came out of modernism. We can convince you that there's a God through the application of reason, investigation, and fact is the way the modernist thinks. If you have a question, it's because we don't know enough. If we keep digging, we'll find answers together. We'll be able to establish it. That's the modernist view. Postmodernism. Forget the apologetics. Let's just focus on experiencing Christ. Let's focus on the experience that he means us to be. Let's dwell in his presence. We're not going to argue people into the kingdom. We're not going to convince them into the kingdom. Let's just spend time in his presence. You see how those kind of differ? Now, why is the church so alarmed about it? Well, some people in the church think that postmodernism is crazy, evil, nonsensical. And others are starting to think, hey, it is what it is. That's the way the world is made, and we have to start to adopt it. If you've been to a church that calls itself an emergent church, have you heard that term? All right, a lot of people have been talking about it for the last 10 years. It's becoming more and more vogue to be an emergent church. Those people are trying to reach out to the postmodern generation. All right? There's almost been like a hierarchy created. Like if you're a modernist church, you're appealing to the people who are in their like 50s and up. All right? You're appealing to people who need logic, reason, science, you know? Those kind of people who need the hardcore facts. If you're a contemporary church, you're appealing to people like in my generation, the 35 and up. You know, the people who grew up on like heavy metal hairband rock worship. You know what I mean? Who were into that kind of feeling. It was kind of cool, but cool in the 80s and 90s. Not cool today. If you're into emergent, that's like an uber cool section. If you can be in that. That's for people who are 35 and under, kind of. That's where you walk into a coffee shop environment and people are painting in the corner. They're painting stuff. They're doing all sorts of experimental type worship. And see, what I don't like about this topic and the reason it's hard for me to talk about is I think all of that is baloney. I think separating into like, we're this type of church or that type of church or trying to put on an uber cool feel, it just kind of misses the whole point. Because it's all about the person and not about the God that we're worshiping. What makes it even more silly sometimes is I've seen a lot of churches that have tried to put on a costume of postmodernism. 
I mean, you look at them in every other way. They look like either a contemporary church or even a modern church in every way. But they decide to like light some candles and have some incense and have a guy painting in the corner. And suddenly they are expecting that that would change fundamentally who they are. But fundamentally, it depends on how you view the world. That's what really determines your attitude. Do you really believe that there is a truth that we can find and discover together? It's going to be hard for you to be postmodern. Because postmodern people think, I don't, I don't know, I don't care, it's not important to me. So let's look at some things I think people miss the point and agree on the point, and you'll see in a moment why I think it's important. Here's some questions to think about. Where do moderns miss the point? I mean, ask yourself, can we ever fully know God or the truth? Is it a little bit silly to be chasing all this rational thinking? I mean, I, I happen to be probably more bent towards the modern view, so I'll admit that right up front. I do believe that through reason and logic and apologetics, we can really answer questions that people have. And it bugs me when questions are asked and Christians can't answer them. But I come from a little bit more of that modern bent. I'd like to provide people with an answer. 1 Peter 3.15 is the kind of what we're founded on as a group, is to be able to give a reason for the hope. But is it a little bit silly to think that we could really go all the way? Is our need to define God? And ask yourself this question to yourself. Is our need sometimes to define God or defend him, born out of our own insecurity about whether he's really there? Because that's sometimes I see some people who are so certain about some things that I wonder if they're really uncertain. And that's the reason they're insisting on a certain type of black and white certainty. Because there are certainly some things I don't know. There's certainly some things that when I hear them, they kind of shake my faith just a little bit. And I go, wow, that does sound a little strange. Or that doesn't quite fit with God the way I thought I knew him. And maybe that's good because God has to be bigger than my understanding. But it seems like other people, he fits really well into very narrow areas. What about the Enlightenment? Has it polluted our gospel? Has it reduced it to a formula or a proof that needs to be established? Is the gospel becoming an end in itself? Is it all about just telling people the gospel and getting them saved? Where is the experience of Christ? Just being and just experiencing him. Do we lose that somewhere along the way? Think about the pre-moderns. There are some people who went to churches in these huge cathedrals who probably didn't speak a word of Latin to read the own Bibles, that they, the few copies that were there but who still worshiped God and looked and said, this, this, he's huge, I'm little, and that's all I know. And I need to follow this guy, and I don't know much, but I know enough that there's a God and I'm not him. That's sometimes a beautiful act of worship that we seem to have made into a formula. So that's some place where I think sometimes modern tendencies, and that's me sometimes, miss the point. What about postmoderns? The question for them and for people in the emergent church as well is, can all propositions be equally valid? Especially for postmodern people who don't really know where they fit on the religious scheme. I'm not talking about just, I'm not talking now about the emergent church. I'm talking about people who just take on a postmodern view. Can all propositions be equally valid? Is postmodernity intellectually dishonest? Or at least the product of intellectual laziness and apathy? What's that question mean? Let me translate it in English, pure English. Is it just easier to say, I don't know, everything's cool, than to really say, well, one thing must be true and I don't know which one it is, so I might have to figure it out? 
Is it just more politically correct today in America to go, yeah, uh, sure, yeah, everything's valid, everything's cool, because there's so much pressure on us not to say, I think that one religion has to be right. I'm not sure which one it is, but they can't all be right. I mean, is there too much pressure on us to say something that obvious? Or are we just kind of like so apathetic, we're like, ah, whatever, it's all good. I'm gonna stop right here and have Anthony show this video. Watch this video and see, because I think this kind of characterizes a postmodern viewpoint. Just go ahead and play it. Do you think there's any one religion that's better than any others? Um, not really. I think everyone has their own beliefs. No? I don't believe so. I don't think so. I think it's whatever you believe in and what you believe in is the important thing, so. No. No. You think any one religion is better than any other? No. You think that all ways to worship or approach God would be equally valid? Like, you know, if I wanted to do peyote or animal sacrifice or whatever. Uh, I lean away from the whole sacrificial kind of deal, but yeah, you don't tell me how to worship my God and I won't tell you how to worship yours. But you think it would be wrong if I were to sacrifice animals in my no. worship? No, not wrong. If the human mind conceives it, then it can't be wrong. I think everybody should find their own way to God. It's up to the person how they wish to worship. Probably. I'm not that religious myself, so I'm kind of like open to like whatever. Some cultures take uh, peyote or drugs and things like that. Some worship idols, some sacrifice animals. Do you think those are all appropriate or valid ways to worship God? They're all different. It doesn't mean one's wrong and one's right. Uh, I don't advocate uh, sacrificing animals for the sake of God, but definitely if you have a belief, uh, you've got to follow that, but definitely sacrificing animals is not the way to do it. Uh, as long as there's limitations within there that it doesn't get out of hand. Um, like a human sacrifice would be a, a bit much. Well, I mean, everyone has their own rights, so that's pretty much what I think. <laughs> but are they all valid, is my question. To whoever believes in them, yeah. I No, it doesn't really matter to me. You don't really care about this topic, do you? Not really. <laughs> this is my god. Okay. This is the idol that I worship. Are you familiar with this idol? Yes. This is, do you know who this is? I, I know it's one of the Teletubbies, that's all I know. This is Poe. Okay, Poe. <laughs> Would you like to worship Poe? No, I wouldn't want to worship Poe. But you can worship Poe all you want. <laughs> that's great. I like Poe because Poe does good things for my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, do you think that this would be a valid way to worship God? Uh, it's, as I said, it's up to you. It's, if you think that that is something that you believe in, then I'm not going to stand in your way. And if other people want to follow you, then that's great. Would it be as good as your approach to God? Uh, I don't know. It, I would have to experience it to find out. Let's say I wanted to worship this guy right here. Uh -huh. Would that be equally valid to, uh, to your approach to God? Like, this is my God right here. Yeah, okay. So what do you want me to do, confirm or deny it? Well, yeah, is that as good as your approach to God? Yeah, I'd say yeah. And there's a group of you that, you know, sort of get your kicks by worshiping Poe and that's sort of where you go and build solidarity, great. If I wanted to worship Poe. <laughs> Teletubby? <laughs> <laughs> Not just any Teletubby. This is Poe. Poe is special. And he gives meaning to my life. <laughs> well, you think this is, that this worship of Poe would be just as valid as maybe your way to approach God? 
probably. I'm kind of one of those people. It's like, whatever you want to do, just do it. I guess. I mean, if that's what you believe in. I don't think it's, like, necessarily wrong. Yeah, sure. If that's what you feel like worshipping, knock yourself out. Hey, why not? <laughs> well, definitely. It is, it, it's not wrong, actually. I mean, if you think that's, that's the way to do it, I mean... If he's changed your life in a good way, that's great. <laughs> if you think that, that my approach to God... Uh, you know, as uh, worshiping this toy is just as valid as your approach. What's that say about your approach? It's, I just says that it's different. It's not wrong and it's not right. It's just different. I guess you could believe that God takes shape and Poe. My approach to God is simply God or God and me. So as far as what your approach to your God is, hey, Whatever you want to do, man. <laughs> what does that say about the way you approach God if you think that my worshiping a toy would be equally valid to the way you worship God? It just, I mean, that's what I told you, just the way you just see things. I mean, sometimes people just don't accept a particular form of God, but sometimes people just have some of idol worship. If it's your path, then I'm not going to knock it. Okay. I'm not going to try and change it. So my worship of this toy is equally valid to your uh, approach? For you. Can all propositions be equally valid? Or is it really just dishonesty or intellectual laziness? I mean, did you see any great thought in those people, like anywhere? Did you hear any, like, great philosophies as to why? It was kind of like, yeah, man, whatever uh, turns you on. I mean, that's great. Good for you. Like, if that's your God, good, you know. Some people are talking about the end of postmodernism. It'll collapse on itself. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. The funny thing about something like postmodernism is it's only been around for a few years. And most of these eras last hundreds of years before people figure out what happened, what caused them, how they settle down. So I think you can assume that for the time being, most people at the campuses that are around us that are in their 20s and their early 30s have the same kinds of view. What causes someone to say, yes, you worshiping a Teletubby is just as good as worshiping the God of the universe, the Buddha, anything else. Like, why are all things equal? What causes that? Yeah. Do you think they actually believe that, though? Or are they just trying to be not offensive? So you don't believe that they really believe it's valid? I mean, it looked like they were thinking that the guy was crazy. Okay. So why would you say to a crazy guy, like, why wouldn't you say to the guy, I think it's nuts to worship a Teletubby. It reflects poorly on you and our culture. Makes you look intolerant, which is intolerance is high valued so highly in our culture and society that if you're looking intolerant, you're worse than the crazy guy. So you're kind of backing off, going whatever. Well, like I'm tolerant, even if you're crazy. Like, hey, that's okay for you as long as you're not. Like, you only had one or two people. Who at least what it showed said, hey, at least as long as you're not doing human sacrifice. You know, like as long as you're not hurting anyone. Okay. Yeah, which is kind of the mantra of the postmodern movement, like, might be true for you, might not be true for me, as long as you're not hurting anybody. Do you want to add a comment? It could also be that they just want, they're just trying to get away. It's easier to agree than disagree and go into a lengthy discussion. It's like, yeah, that's fine, now leave me alone. Yeah, I mean, I think that might be part of where I get that, is it just intellectual laziness or apathy? Like, isn't it easier to just agree that everything is valid? 
then you wouldn't have to search for truth. I mean, it's easy to say all truth is equally true or all things are just equally true. Hey, guess what? It'd be like taking an exam in school and the teacher saying, all the answers are right no matter which one you pick. You're like, that would be so great. You know, you don't have to study. You don't have to think. You just show up and the professor says, all right, it's a multiple choice test. Actually, let's make it even crazier. It's an essay, and no matter what you write, you get an A plus. You know, <laughs> just write something. And if you don't even want to write anything, just write that too. Just go, don't feel like writing, and you'll still get an A plus. I mean, most of us would think that would be ludicrous. At that point, what you're saying is, is belief in, and pick a world religion. Pick, not just, not just Christianity, but just is belief in no God. How about that? Is belief that there's no God equally valid with believing that Poe is God? In their mind, they're like, sure, because what are they saying? They're saying, well, it's all a matter of what you believe anyway. What you believe dictates the truth anyway. But you heard one girl go, yeah, well, I guess you have a right to believe what you want. It's almost like she was thinking, you have a right to believe anything you want. So if you want to believe in a Teletubby, it's your right. It's like it's all focused on us. Like as if what we believe or what we think or what we know dictates whether God is there or not. Or whether the Teletubby is God or is not. Okay? There was the other guy who was kind of alluding to the same thing. He was, he was basically saying like, well, if man can conceive it, it can't be wrong. I mean, think of that to its logical, yeah, think of that to its logical extreme. I mean, man has conceived of holocausts, all right? Man has conceived of nuclear weapons. Like, man has conceived of a lot of weird stuff, all right? Man has conceived of serial killers. Man has conceived of people who actually eat the flesh of other humans. They're like, can't be wrong if man can conceive it. Like, what if that was the standard of our society, all right? How much stupidity, if I could use the word, or just intellectual laziness is built into a statement like that? You know? Yeah, I mean, but that's how most people are. I think for the most part, they're not thinking about it. They don't care. But like you said, they don't want to appear intolerant. It seems like you could appear stupid, but not intolerant, because intolerant is worse, because then you're a bigot. You know, like society has labeled you intolerant. And so I think if you want to know why postmodernity is so popular today is because we woke up sometime in the 1960s after we had gone to World War II and we realized that the world wasn't just Western Europe anymore. We encountered other religions. Look at America today, all the different religions, the different ethnic groups, the different ideas, the different beliefs. And now people are like, what do I do with all this? I can't say that we're right and all these people are wrong because first, I don't know if we're right. I don't want to do the work. And second of all, it would seem intolerant to believe that we're right and other people are wrong. And you end up with people like this who frankly don't really care. You want to worship a Teletubby, good for you. Look at this last one. It says, in the church, we run the risk when we're in a postmodern society of remaking God into our image, creating a God that will appeal to the most number of young people. One of my cautions about the emergent movement is it's based on trying to reach out to the generation that is not being churched. That's a good thing. But at the same time, if you look at its hallmark, it's trying to figure out what is the reason that you don't go to church and how can I tweak my church so you'll go there? 
Is it a church where you don't like going to a church building? Okay, good, let's meet in a bar. Let's meet in a warehouse. Is that more cool for the uber cool under 35 generation? What else don't you like about church? Don't like that it's in the morning? Okay, let's do it at night. Don't like that it's on Sunday? Let's do it on Friday. Don't like the traditional type of structure? Okay, let's not have a structure. There's nothing wrong with that. You're trying to fit it, but at some point, what I do find that's wrong is it's all focused on the people. And if you listen to a lot of emergent church leaders, they celebrate how much they're reaching out to a certain lost generation. I like that. That, that, that rings true with my heart. But it doesn't seem to think about like, it's like we're supposed to be focused on God, not just us. So it's just a caution. I wouldn't even call it a criticism because it's just something I, I like what I see. I like the fact that it's in new venues. I'm kind of sometimes a little bit of a rebel. I like to see that it's shaking things up. I like that it's reaching out to people that wouldn't otherwise be reached. But it seems like it's all about them. And that's the caution. So keep that in mind when you look at that. I do have a concern that after a while, if we custom tailor everything we do around the people, it does become all about us. There's another video that goes along with this where a guy, it's, a, it's, a, it's me worship instead of me church, and it's 20 songs all about me, you know? And it's like, Lord, I lift my name on high, and all these like songs that they've redone, you know, when it's all about me, Lord, it's all about me. And if you look at the American church today, there is a huge tendency to be so individualistic and make this experience about me instead of about God. Because we live in an individualistic country and America's views have crept into the church and they've polluted our gospel. And it's all like we all have a little buddy Jesus who fits in our pocket and it's all about me and him instead of it being all about him. So just something to keep in mind. Last point. Here, I think there's some places where everybody misses the point equally. Movements take many years. You saw that in the pre-modern era, it took a thousand years. For us to fully define them, this whole postmodern thing, we don't even know what it is yet. In the next 50 years, it might change. In fact, one of the leading emergent church leaders who we've been looking at through some of his book, Brian McLaren, who's kind of like been crowned as one of the heads of the emergent church movement, is saying that, first of all, postmodernism won't even be the word we use. Just like we used to use the word horseless carriage to describe a car that didn't have a horse, eventually it became known as the automobile. It described what it was, not what it wasn't. So just being postmodern says that we're not modern. We're after modern. Eventually it'll have its own name and it will change. And in a hundred years from now, maybe all the reality that we live in will be so postmodern that fighting about it will be silly. But you're going to hear it, and the reason I bring up this topic, the reason I didn't ditch it, even though I didn't want to do it, was because you will hear pastors saying how evil postmodernism is, and you know what? We still don't even know what it is yet. It's clear that people are starting to reject the idea of an absolute truth or an objective truth because they simply just don't care anymore. I'm a little sad about that. But if that's the reality of our society, that's where it's going, and we've got to respond. That's the second point, look at it. Early people that jump into a movement, they tend to be all about the negative part of the last movement. Eventually they'll become more positive about what their movement is really about. Nobody wants to be part of a movement that's negative, like we're the not those people movement. Eventually they want to know what you are about. And that will happen too in the postmodern generation. I see positives come out of it all the time. 
You know, my sister is only two years younger than me. But I know that when we talk about religion, it's very tense between us. And I, and I thought for years, like, why is it so tense? And it wasn't until I started exploring the ideas of postmodernism and how the emergent church addresses postmodernism that I began to realize that even though we're only two years apart, I'm a weirdo. I'm more modern. Even though my age group's in that, like, right on the line of where this all began. And she's very postmodern. And I started thinking that my approach to conversations with her was always coming from a, if I can explain it to you the right way, you'll finally understand it, which is an apologetics modernist view. She belongs in an emergent church where she can just join the cause, experience God, work on those issues throughout her life. And that's where she'll find God better than just having conversations that turn into arguments with me. So I think there's positives to it all the time. And as that movement becomes positive, it'll be good. I think the best part is that I think postmodernism may someday, at least in the church, be a blending of pre-modern and modern views. Imagine a church that did believe and have faith and a reverence and an awe like in the old days, and at the same time had a sound faith and reason, and they put them together. Moderns believe you can reason somebody into it. It's almost like not a matter of faith anymore. Just listen to my arguments long enough, you'll believe. Those older pre-moderns were just like, I already believe. I might not understand it, but I already believe. Imagine if you could put those two together. What if postmodernism in the church, through an emergent church or through whatever church took over, became a blending? How great would that be for God on earth? If someone's coming from a modern perspective, like, is it obviously possible, but is it likely or else to use the word possible uh, for them to be evangelizing? to a postmodern person? Is that something you should just say, hey, will someone who maybe is postmodern that's a Christian reach out to them, or do we have to say that? It's a great question. When we talked about evangelism a number of weeks ago, we had that, remember we had those little symbols on the screen, like what order do you do things? And I identified one of them as the modern, well, I didn't, it's kind of the more traditional approach, the modernist approach, which is accept Christ or argue somebody into the faith and then start to discover more about it and then do Christ's work. Postmodern, let's say, emergent churches that are trying to reach out to a postmodern generation realize that that's difficult. So they get them involved in Christ's work early, get them on the journey, get them to experience God, and then later on hope to bring them to the truth. And that's where the criticism of the emergent church movement is, is sometimes they never get that far. So they did all this work up front, which seemed fun, and there was an experience, and it was spiritual, but it never actually led to a concrete understanding of who God is and some sort of decision to, to enter the kingdom. And another way to answer that is, I think you're onto something because if you have somebody who, well, let's put it this way, a modernist approaches it from, if I can walk you through these steps or if I can prove to you that there is a God, then we would discover truth together and you would, be, you would see that I'm right and then you would accept that I'm right in what I'm telling you. Not that I'm right and you're wrong, but you would see that I have the truth and I'm trying to share it with you. A postmodern mentality is like, ah, I don't know, that's your truth. It's like the truth is fluid. It moves around. You know? It's like a boat without an anchor. There's nothing to hold us to where we are. So that frustrates modern people very much because they're like, no, no, listen, listen. We have to have ground rules. We have to agree. And postmodern person is like the people in the video. Like, eh, whatever. I mean, that's good for you, but it might not be good for me. So it does break down. 
the moderns get frustrated and have a hard time trying to talk to postmodern people because they want ground rules, they want parameters, they want to be able to say like if A plus B plus C plus D, then we should get to E, you know, and it should be that simple because I showed you that it makes sense and it's logical. You see how the proof works? Therefore, Jesus is God. And the other person's like, hey, that's good for you, great. And it has no impact on them at all. So I think that that's why as much as people criticize the emergent movement for saying, all right, then let's just start on the journey together and see if we can get them there another way. I don't know that there's another way that's different than that. You know, people say, hey, you may never get them to the truth, and that may be just a waste of time. But I'm thinking, yeah, but do you have a better idea with somebody who has no agreement that there is an objective truth? But isn't there an element, at least, of postmodernism, since it really does have a lot of its basis, what I understand, in relative truth? And isn't that inherently, like, against Christianity? Isn't there an element where... Yeah, we should be reaching out to these people, but also be trying to, in a sense, say, yeah, postmodernism is wrong. Like, it's not Christian. Yeah, I think that you could say that postmodernism, because it believes in a relative truth, runs counter to the gospel because the gospel believes there is a truth, right? And it's Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. We talked about that during our truth talk, right? Yeah. So the question, though, is whether the emergent church people should call that out. It's not that people in the emergent church don't believe in a truth. Most of them will tell you that they believe the same truth, but that they're, they got it. It's not going to do any good for the people who don't believe in, in an absolute truth or a, you know that believe in a relative truth. That they'll be doing that thing that the moderns do. Just, it just won't work. So they figure, let's do it the other way. Does that make the emergent church unchristian? No, but I will tell you that to be fair, there are some people in the emergent church that are kind of soft on the truth anyway. Quite a few people in the emergent church actually will say, they'll say like, I don't know, and I'm comfortable not knowing. And that's what differentiates them from the moderns who would be really uncomfortable not knowing. When we did our talk on, on truth, we talked about Rob Bell's book, Velvet Elvis, right? And he was talking about the brick theology where you build one on top of the other and you pull one out, the whole thing falls down. And he was talking about his kind of theology. It was more like a tramp or trampoline made up of springs that bend. And if you lost one of them or if the spring wasn't exactly what you thought it was, it was still fun to jump on the trampoline. That's pretty postmodern. It's an emergent idea. Now he's making fun of somebody that I probably know who he's talking about in that brick mentality. But as you recall, I was kind of critical a little bit of his view because what he chose to highlight, like the thing that he thought could be flexible, was like biblical inerrancy. You know, like, they're like, what if the Bible was wrong about the name of Joseph, like, you know, as Jesus' father? And what if they were wrong about the virgin birth? Like, I don't care, I would keep jumping. He's showing that he's flexible and able to have discomfort and still be able to believe in Jesus. I'm not over here in the brick, but I'm not over here on the trampoline either, because I can see that at that point what you're saying is right you may have a duty to say, wait a minute. If the Bible is inspired and we believe it's the word of God and he's told us that it's scripture and you're saying that it might be wrong in some places, I'm not trying to be overly you know, rigid, but I'm having a little bit of problem at this point. You know, I'm not going to keep jumping quite as high because it's starting to bug me a little bit. So that's where I think the criticism is rightly placed in the emergent churches. While they say we have no other way to get people moving. We got to get them towards the truth and we'll eventually get them there and we do believe in it. 
if you read their writings, more and more of them are kind of saying, yeah, but we'll never really know all of it. So if some of it just doesn't make sense, what the heck, it's okay. It's all about experiencing God anyway. Let's just keep jumping. And that's where I, I depart a little bit and say, I would like to see, and that's why my last point is, someday, postmodernism, when it really fully develops in the church, so I could, almost should replace that with the emergent church may someday be a blending of pre-modern and modern views where you can jump and have a good time and believe in God no matter what, but at the same time have solid basis for why you're doing it that you know is not going to be shaken. And that's really what I would pray to see. And I may never see it because, like I said, those movements last hundreds of years and maybe postmodernism. I know the world speeds up. Everything happens faster these days. So maybe postmodernism will last 50 years and people will change. But whatever it is, if it lasts 100, 200, or 50 years, I think that as it matures, it will be something that hopefully modern church will stop just criticizing and realize, hey, this could be a good thing. There's some cautions, but it could be a good thing. By the way, there's things wrong with modernism even outside of religion. I mean, we believe in the Enlightenment that we're going to create a utopia with reason, science, and discovery. And what did we create? We created world wars, nuclear bombs, famine in most of the world, developing countries that have no money and rich countries that have all the money. And we, that didn't create the utopia that the moderns were thinking about in the Enlightenment. I'm talking outside the church. The we can cure all things, it led to social Darwinism and you know, all those kind of things that were ills that have plagued our whole world. Postmodernism outside the church, probably not good for any society where everybody believes that anything they do is right. I mean, if you take it, like I said, to that extreme where that guy's like, if man can conceive it, it's right. Okay, if that's where we're going, this is a bad philosophy. So that's why I'm saying, yes, I agree that postmodernism as a cultural philosophical approach is not only intellectually lazy and apathetic and stupid, but yes, it can be harmful. But that's why I, I kind of differentiate the emergent church because I think they're looking at it like we're stuck with it. It's happening no matter what. So you could be in the modern church just fighting it all the time and trying to come up with C.S. Lewis type, type arguments and all those kind of things and all these apologetics. Or you can say, hey, I got to go where the people are at. Not so good on the getting a little gray on the truth in an effort to reach them, but hey, it might work. And there's some positives to post-modernity, I guess, like just getting out of the modernity. They're, they'll take some of the positive things, like the expressions of art, the expressions of feeling, like moving away from the, just the rational and the fact-based and being more experiential. And they'll tell you that we can take that without taking the relative truth part. But it's hard to mix it all together without getting some of it on you. Okay? Was the video okay? It was good? I think the video drives the point home a little bit more. So that was why I kind of picked to show that. Let's pray for Ryan to come out of the bathroom and lead us in worship. <laughs> Lord, hear our prayers above the din of the fan in the bathroom. Bring Ryan to us. All right, let's pray seriously. Lord, in our lifetimes, I know that we're going to watch some of this unfold before us. Lord, I want to pray for the churches because they're your body. This is the body of Christ. And you told us through scripture that the body has different functions. And yet, sometimes, Lord, we're arrogant enough to believe that our part of the body is more capable, more correct, more useful than other parts. And you even warned us of that. And I see the same debate going on right now, Lord, between people who want to hold the modern line in churches 
and people in the emergent movement who want to go after the postmodern generation. And Lord, there's so much time criticizing one another that we're not realizing that this is still your body, that the people who come to worship you are still your children, and that we need to reach out to them in any way possible. As Paul said, I've become all things to all people just so that people would come to a knowledge of you, Lord. And that's what I pray. So I pray, Lord, for the emergent churches. I pray, Lord, for the traditional churches. And I pray for everybody in between. May we as Christians just be wise enough as we learn tonight. Take the knowledge we've gained and help us to become more loving. Help us just to pray for the body itself, for healing. Help us to see where we miss each other in the dialogue and the debate. And Lord, in the end, may all things come back to the glory of you. Christ, our Savior, pray this in your name. Amen.